0: Welcome to the Supernatural Life Podcast with Chad Gonzalez, a podcast all about helping you connect with God so you can manifest God to the world. Now, here's your host, Pastor Chad Gonzalez. Hey friends, this is Chad Gonzalez. I want to welcome you to this episode of the Supernatural Life Podcast. It's our goal to help you connect with God so you can manifest God to your world. We are so excited about the month of September. Lots of really great things are taking place. Uh, Actually, next week we're going to be heading out uh, to Poland and to Kenya. We've got two big conferences that we're going to be doing there. A healing conference in Poland, which we're going to be doing to help with the launch of a brand new campus for Ramah Bible Training College there in Poland. And then we'll be heading down to Kasumu, Kenya. Uh, We're doing a conference there, a faith conference there for Ramah Bible Training College, Kenya. And so we're expecting to see lots and lots of uh, healings and miracles and signs and wonders. And so uh, with that said, I want to say thank you to all of our partners who have been helping to financially support that and praying for us. Uh, It's going to be a tremendous time. First time in Poland. Uh, This will be our third time there in Kenya. Uh, But we're expecting lots of wonderful things to happen. Also, thank you to those who have been giving towards Uh, The Translation and the Distribution of Naturally Supernatural in Polish. That's going to be a really, really great thing uh, when we're doing that conference to be able to have those books available. Especially to be able to give to the pastors that are there so they can take some of these things, learn some of these realities, and get that into their congregations. And so, super excited about that. Uh, That's one thing we're going to be focusing on in the next couple of years is the translations of those books. Uh, And actually, we've got a new book we're working on right now about the life of God. Uh, Hopefully that'll be out. Uh, The goal is to be out uh, by Thanksgiving, uh, no later than Christmas time. But so look out for that. Uh, If you aren't a partner and you'd like to become a partner with us, we've told everybody that hey, if you if you can just do five bucks, that would be great because just that five dollars alone that helps to cover uh, the cost of one of those books. And so if you'd like to partner up with us in these healing crusades we're doing throughout Europe, you can simply go to chadgonzalez.com. And uh, there's a little link there, and you can do that. And if you uh, become a partner with us, we'll send you a signed copy uh, of either Think Like Jesus or Naturally Supernatural, whichever one you would prefer. So uh, go to ChadGonzalez.com, and you can do that. Uh, Also, make sure and check out our YouTube channel. We've been updating it with lots and lots of new videos, and uh, we're really pushing that as well. So if you're ready, let's get into our topic uh, for this month. And uh, I want to talk about this. This simple statement, don't be afraid to lose. Now, I know that may sound um, a little elementary to many of us who would consider ourselves to be faith people, you know. But what well, I'm seeing one of the biggest problems in the church today is that we're basically made up of a bunch of cowards. And I know that's a strong statement that may, may seem kind of harsh, but it's the truth. We've got a bunch of cowards. Yes, we love God and we're going to heaven, but... We're basically the cowardly lion needing some courage. But there's no such thing as being a person of faith and yet lacking boldness. You'll find that faith and boldness are inseparable. One of the major problems today is that many of us who say we're living by faith, we're really afraid to lose. And then that's why a lot of people aren't willing to take a chance on starting that business or making that investment or simply just trying something new because many of us are afraid to lose. Now, don't misunderstand me. I hate losing. I despise losing. I loathe it. Uh, But I know that in my learning, uh, there's going to be some losses. Now, as I get wiser and more experienced and I follow even closer to the Lord, those losses are going to get less and less. However, even though I hate losing, uh, I'm not afraid to lose because I know that, uh, well, I'm not looking at what will happen if I lose. I'm looking at what will happen if I win. So I'm never thinking about losing. One of the greatest factors I've found to a lack of the supernatural is that in all reality, we're wanting supernatural results without stepping off the boat. Uh, it's just another way of, of simply saying we're, we're wanting the results of faith and yet we're not willing to step out because we're afraid of what will happen if it doesn't work. I actually had uh, someone tell me that not too recently. Uh, I've had actually lots of people tell me that before. You know, I, I believe this. I know the Word says this, but, you know, What happens if I do it and it doesn't work? Well, then you're not in faith about it because faith knows it's going to happen. It's going to work. But to me, you know, the story of Peter walking on the water, it's still one of the absolute, just most amazing testimonies to me of an ordinary guy, just like you and me, but did an extraordinary thing. If you look at Matthew chapter 14, verse 25, it says, shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. And when the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified and said, it's a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it's I, don't be afraid. Peter replied, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come to you on the water. And Jesus said, come. And then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water and came toward Jesus. I want you to notice that he stepped out of the boat because he wanted to do what Jesus was doing. Now think about it, there's 12 disciples, so there was 11 of them still sitting in that boat. And all 11, they could have got out uh, with Peter and uh, walked on the water too, but they all sat there and just watched. And what you find is that you know most Christians today, they want to do what Jesus did, but they're still sitting in the boat. And what most of us are doing is we're waiting on God to pick us up and place us on the water. The vast majority of the church today is praying for God to move and yet Jesus is saying, come. Do, do you see that the craziness in that? Jesus is saying, come out here, follow me, do what I'm doing. And we're sitting there and we're praying, God, do something. God, move. Pour out your spirit. Give us more of this. Give us more of that. And what you find that's really interesting, just as a, as a side point here with Peter, is that you know if you do the math, you find that 8% of the ministers of that day, you know, if you consider the 12 disciples, the, the ministers there, you find that 8% actually got out, walked on the water, and the other 92% sat there in the boat. And I don't even know if the percentages would be even that good. I mean, that's horrible, but I don't even know if that would be it would be that good even today. It's probably less than 8% of the ministers in the world today who are actually willing to step out of the boat and do what Jesus is doing. And the rest of the ministers of the day and the Christians are just sitting in the boat and uh, praying and praying. Uh, for waiting for God to do something. And then when something does happen, they make excuses as to why it happened for somebody else and why it's not happening for them. But what I find in Jesus' ministry, what I find in Jesus' ministry is that he was always willing to put his ministry and his reputation on the line. Jesus wasn't afraid of losing. He wasn't afraid of losing. He was always willing to make risk, take risk, put it all out there on the line. Do you realize that every miracle that took place Uh, in public for Jesus, if it wouldn't have happened, it would have been the end of his credibility. People were amazed, I mean, absolutely amazed at his preaching, but the only thing that was, was really holding the Pharisees off from killing him was because of the miracles that Jesus was doing. The miracles were putting Jesus in such high esteem of the people, the Pharisees were afraid of the people. But Jesus would make statements like this found in John 10, verse 37 and 38. He said, if I don't do the works, then don't believe me. Friends, when's the last time you were in a healing service and you heard the, the preacher say, if no one gets healed in this service, don't ever listen to me again. When's the last time you heard that one? If nothing happens, don't buy any of my books. If nothing happens, bring them back. I'll, I'll, I'll refund you. Nobody's saying stuff like that for the most part because most of the people that are preaching this, and I'm just being honest, this is my opinion, but I'm seeing it uh, to be more and more true. Uh. Most of the ones who preach this, I honestly don't think they really believe it. Because if you really, really, truly believe something, you'll act on it. You'll act on it. I mean, friends, I i don't know about you. I'm tired of being in services where people talk about, preachers preach on and talk about miracle signs and wonders and the power of God and this and that, and then they don't demonstrate it at the end. They don't back it up. They get everybody shouting and hollering and, and maybe running and dancing, and yet no real, true, legitimate uh, power uh, demonstration, manifestation of what they were talking about. You know why those things don't happen? Because we as the preachers, we must actually believe what we preach and then be willing to put it out there all on the line uh, where it's just you, God, and the Word, and, uh, and expect those things to take place and expect the Word to be backed up. But can you imagine Jesus? I mean, think about Jesus can you imagine the thoughts that, that came to his mind? It would have been the same thoughts that come to our minds. Can you imagine what was going on in Jesus' mind when he was going to Bethany to raise up Lazarus? I mean, think about it. I'm sure the thought was there. Well, what if you call Lazarus out nothing happens? I guarantee you the thought had to come at least once. Yes, Jesus, he was in total domination mode by this point in ministry, but he was, he was still living as a human. He was still operating with a human mind dealing with all the outward limitations that we see and we experience but like us jesus also had to bring every thought into captivity you know i'll never forget an amazing miracle that happened outside of peoria illinois several years ago i was preaching at an assembly god church outside of peoria and i was just talking about some in christ realities and this was an older assembly god church there's probably about 150 200 people in there and i'd been going about 15 minutes and I could tell this was just not going anywhere. I mean, it was just like I was talking to a wall. And I actually said this to them. I said, guys, I can tell this is going nowhere. I really said that. Because I said, I can tell this is going nowhere. So let's just stop. And I'm going to prove to you that what I'm talking about is true. I said, I'm going to prove to you what I'm talking about is true. And so I said, who here? And it was, again, it was an older crowd. I said, who here has some back issues? I mean, I figured out of about 200 people most of them older. Somebody had to have some back problems, and of course, you know, lots and lots of hands went up. Everybody had some back issues, and so I just I saw the the first person that was closest to me uh, in in this middle row, and it was this woman. She looked like she was probably in her in her fifties, maybe late fifties, and and I said, "Well, what's going on with you?" And she said, "Well, I've got some lower back issues." I said, "Well, great, you'll work. Come on up here." And so as she's walking up, and again, my mic's still on, as she's walking up, she goes, oh, and by the way, uh, I have a short leg and I have a club foot. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm just being honest with you about me. When she says short leg and club foot, instantly the thought came, why in the world did you say that? Like, I ain't asking about club foot and I'm not asking about short legs. I just wanted a simple little back here, you know. Uh, of course, I didn't say that out loud, but... I'm thinking those thoughts. And so I'm having to bring those thoughts into captivity because the other thing is I just told the people, hey, let me prove to you that what I'm talking about is true. And I can't say to everybody, oh, well, we're not dealing with uh, short legs and club feet this morning. i just just doing backs. And so I bring her up there, and uh, we sit her down on the platform, and she takes off her shoes. And when she took off uh, her shoes... I mean, you talk about a short leg, that thing was several inches short. And then, if you've never seen a club foot, I mean, it's basically like if you were to get your hand and make a fist, and that's the way that her foot was. I mean, it was basically just balled up. And I'd I'd heard of it, but I'd never seen it before. It was my first time seeing that. And so, you know, in that situation, you've got a choice. I just said, I'm going to prove to you that what we're talking about is true. So in that situation, you know, are you a man or are you a mouse? But these are the situations in which uh, we experience the miraculous. These are the situations where there's no plan B. There, there's no option there. It's either this works or it doesn't. And so we were going to prove some things. And so she's sitting there, and I got control of my thoughts real quick, and I just pointed to her foot and her leg. I said, in the name of Jesus, we command you to grow right now. God is my witness. That leg, uh, that left leg, which was short, it began to grow out. And as soon as that leg evened up, that club foot began to open up and it straightened up and became the way that it was supposed to be. And friends, I'm telling you right now, the first 15 minutes I was preaching, I mean, everything was going over their heads. It was hitting the wall. Nothing was happening. After that short leg and that club foot grew out, I had them. I mean, hook, line, and sinker, I had that crowd. And we ended up having a four-hour service that morning. Miracle after miracle after miracle. And then we came back that night, had another service uh, for another three hours. And, and throughout those, I mean, we had four cases of deaf ears uh, that were healed. We had a woman that was paralyzed on the right side of her face. She was instantly healed. All the feeling came back. We had a man that had swelling all in his legs. The swelling was so bad, he wore braces and, and some uh, uh, some material to constrict his skin so that it wouldn't burst because of the massive amount of fluid. And and in an instant, all that fluid uh, left his legs. His legs got down to, to regular size. And this elderly man re- took off running in the into the foyer, went to the bathroom, uh, took his pants off, took the braces on, put his pants back on, and came busting out the back doors and just so, so excited and telling everybody what had happened for him. And that night, get this, that night... This man that was in his early 70s shows up to the Assembly of God church in shorts because he wanted everybody to see uh, how his legs uh, were healed and they were normal size. But none of that would have happened if I wouldn't have been willing to put everything out on the line and say, you know what, I'm going to prove to you that what I'm talking about is true. And if it doesn't happen, you know what, let's just close the service go home because we're just wasting our time. So just, just like I had to do in that situation, and I have to do in lots of situations, we're going to have to do this. We're going to have to get over our fear of losing. You can't live the faith life afraid of what happens if it doesn't happen. If you lose, well, learn from it, and then it's not really a loss. It's a learning experience to help propel you toward more wins. Uh, see, I'm concerned today because the church today is at a very, very crucial point in history. We have a new generation that's rising up that's so far removed from the healing revival of the 40s and 50s and the charismatic renewal of the 60s and 70s and the faith teaching of the 70s and 80s and 90s. We've had so much teaching and teaching and teaching but we've had little manifestation. So it's caused this new generation to have pretty much no examples to follow. And thus the majority are relying, this new generation is relying on their creativity and their charismatic style to reach the masses. But, it really only just takes a few people to step out with the anointing to absolutely turn this world upside down. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm learning this from experience. People, ministers today, young ministers today, are craving and looking and searching for somebody, looking for some group, some people, who actually believe what they preach, who are actually willing to step out on the impossible and do what God says is possible. Uh, Who cares about being normal? I don't want to be normal. Normal isn't fun. And to be quite honest, normal isn't getting results today. So let's stop sticking our head in the sand and stop being normal. Let's be abnormal. That's what we were called to be. If we want to manifest Jesus, we must know that when we step out on the commission and the mandate that Jesus has given us, saying what he says and doing what he does, he will always back us up and we will win every single time. Well, friends, I hope that uh, helped you, hope that inspired you a little bit just to go out and do what Jesus said that you can do and go after the impossible and just manifest heaven on earth, manifest Jesus. Uh, I don't know about you, I'm tired of just people hearing about Jesus, it's time for them to experience him. And so together we can make a difference, together we can change the world, together we can awaken the church and allow the church to once again rise up and become what God has called it to be. And once and for all, let the world know that Jesus is alive. Jesus is real, and he wants to manifest himself and wants to live in them and live through them. And let's bring Jesus back. Amen. Well, praise God. Uh, Friends, once again, thank you for tuning in. Make sure and share this podcast with your friends. Uh, share it on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, however you're listening. Uh, if you're listening on iTunes, leave us a review. Uh, that really helps us to get the word out. And again, to our partners, thank you so very much uh, for your financial support and your prayers and helping to fund uh, these conferences over there in Poland and Kenya. Please be praying for us for boldness as we preach and wisdom and revelation that begin to flow uh, during those meetings and mighty miracles, signs and wonders. And when we get back, we'll have a tremendous report for you. God bless you. I remember that in Christ, we always win.